Ask Canada Immigration Lawyer Evelyn Aka. Good day. My name is Evelyn Aka, and this is the Ask Canada Immigration Lawyer Evelyn Aka podcast. I'm the founder and managing lawyer of Aka Business Immigration Law, and on this podcast, we are covering all aspects of immigration for professionals and individuals who are looking to move to Canada and the United States for work, for family, or for personal reasons. If you are looking to make that move, you can download our free guide at acalaw.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. I have the pleasure of welcoming my friend and colleague, Jean-Philippe Couture. Hello, JP. <laughs> Hi, how are you doing? Good. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, I'm going to introduce you before we get chatting, but um, just wanted to let everybody know that Jean-Philippe is, um, we call him JP. He is a seasoned business and tax lawyer um, who is passionate about technology and innovation. He has also founded the company that we work with a lot at Acolog called Ingenio Solutions, where he combines his legal expertise with a drive for innovation. JP regularly advises Canadian and international clients on corporate reorganizations, business structuring, and more. And he has worked with clients from many, many industries. And he's also here based in Calgary with me, which is wonderful. So JP, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much. So tell us a little bit about kind of what you've been up to these days. <laughs> you've got uh, a lot so, of different things going on. Yeah. So um, in addition to sort of my regular practice, uh, about four years ago, we started building a software uh, for the corporate law practice, uh, and we've been working at it. It hasn't been a simple enterprise, but uh, but it's coming along quite well. And now we're essentially doing pilots, using it for different things, and um, yeah, and doing some testing as well. Okay, so tell me about Ingenio because we know it, you know, on the Acolaw team as the company we work with when we're doing our incorporations across the country for our clients related to intercompany transfers and things like that. But what else do you do, or is that the main focus of Ingenio? Yeah, so um, you know, if we go back a little bit, a few years before we started Ingenio. Um, we, we were, you know, I was at a different firm, um, you know, I, I was practicing law with uh, PricewaterhouseCooper, the law firm of PricewaterhouseCooper. And at the time, we were struggling a little bit with um, getting the work done internally and, um, you know, with staffing the files and, and things like that, but also to have a good quality work predictable and facilitate the lawyer's review for a simple corporate law tasks, like from incorporation to annual maintenance to, you know, the regular payment of dividend and things like that. So, um, and then we were looking for different software. We were trying to uh, figure a way to get the work done and automate the part where the staff didn't really like to do the, that work. So, um, you know, the simple, repetitive, prone to error. Um, there was kind of a flip side to it. Because it's prone to error also, it was just taking a lot of our time to fix, uh, a lot of time we didn't have on other files and everything. So, you know, we look at different solutions, we just, we could find some solutions on the market that would allow us to, you know, um, blindly generate documents and things like that. But we can find solutions that had actually legal intelligence built into them, you know, from the practice, the years of practice, but also from feedback from users and, and things like that. So. 
we started working on it and it wasn't a simple adventure to, you know, I wasn't from a tech background. Um, I was at the time I was on the, uh, uh, the, the innovation committee from the game bar association, the futures right. committee for the profession. Yeah. yeah. Um, and have like, you know, I'm, I'm in no mean like a, an engineer or anything like that. So we recruited a team, we started building this, uh, and, um, uh, yeah. So Fast forward four years, this is where we're at. We're uh, getting uh, ready to officially launch uh, to uh, in early 2024. But in the meantime, we've been, you know, using the platform and testing it and, and uh, doing all sorts of interesting okay. things. So, so interesting. So I just want to get clear. So is it going to be, is it only focused on incorporations or is it like, bigger it seems like it's bigger the full cycle the full entity management yeah. and even further down the road like we're we're already thinking about other functionality um that but it's like from i would say incorporation mm. all the way to dissolution of the company and everything wow. in between wow so everything that happens in the life of a company yeah. and, and like i said earlier we're trying to build intelligence in it so that we reduce the number of errors but also that we help lawyers um Benefit like some. Sometimes you have more junior lawyer that are doing some corporate task, and uh, you know if we can build some experience and the knowledge over the years, acquire over the years mm-hmm. into the software. Um, um, it's also structured along the line of a checklist. Um, I think you and I have discussed that before. <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of the checklist manifesto. Yeah. So me too. This is kind of the, it was the early inspiration for the software uh, or the structure of the software. So um, so. Right. Exactly. So everything is organized as almost like checklist um, to facilitate uh, and make it uh, user friendly. The other thing we focused on too is to to we've, we've tried to break the barrier between uh, lawyers, paralegals, and assistant, and also even further like the 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 advisors of law firms, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, or advisors of clients, I should say, uh, like accountants or or tax yeah. accountants like that so the, the really we want the flow of information to to be con- constant so that people know what's going on with the company at any given time so oh my goodness okay well i'm looking forward to seeing that i mean you know just for full transparency we, we as i said we work with you and your team and everyone has been fabulous to work with um and when we work with your team at ingenio it's usually to help us set up a company and so in the old days we were incorporating and there were not very many provinces where you could incorporate and not be a resident of Canada or not have a director. And now it's like, it seems like it's opening up and opening up across the country. So BC was always our first kind of choice first because they were a province that didn't require us to have a Canadian director. And sometimes I think it was PEI as well. Um, so we'd have to be really creative as to where the company was going to be. But now it's BC, Alberta. I think it's now almost across the country. Isn't that right? Yeah. So several jurisdictions, there's still some jurisdictions that have a 25% requirement of having Canadian resident directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think several jurisdictions, traditionally Canadian corporate law was, I would say like in probably across 70% of the provinces was very similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, but increasingly, you are seeing some province, like in the last 18 months, Alberta has passed some uh, legislation to change that that uh, um, director's uh, residency test, but also brought in a lot of other things that are, are quite interesting in the, in the world of private equity, for example, mm-hmm. uh, that um, they brought these, these provisions to modernize the uh, Alberta Business Corporation Act. 
um, and just make it more accessible for private equity to invest through Canada, uh, through Alberta in Canada. So uh, Quebec did the same thing a few years back. I believe it was in 2011. Uh, they completely redid their statute, but um, followed more, I would say, the model from Delaware in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the recent amendment from Alberta are probably directly inspired from uh, Delaware as well. So uh, we're seeing a lot of movement there. So traditionally where we had two or three provinces who were very different than the rest of the country, now we're starting to see more differences between the different provinces. Okay. Um, so good. BC is one. BC is, as you know, as you, as you mentioned, has always been a traditional jurisdiction. We're seeing increasingly Alberta for non-residents who come and incorporate. Uh, Ontario has been struggling a little bit with the rollout of their their corporate mm-hmm. registry, but that's another jurisdiction that probably we will see some changes in, in the near future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Quebec one, the Quebec comes with other restrictions that other provinces don't have, for example, in terms of language, yeah. uh, you know, having a French name in addition to the English name. Mm-hmm. Uh, the federal corporation also uh, is launching a transparency registry, uh, you know, in the, in the coming months. We used to have a, a register in the minute books uh, about the ownership who's, who's behind the company, where are the people with significant interest. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing with the federal company now is they're coming also with an actual register uh, where you're going to have to go and enter that, and it will be publicly searchable and available. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that comes with all kinds of challenge as well. So yeah, yeah. for sure. Okay, that's good to know. Um, tell me, JP, why would a company coming into Canada do a federal incorporation? What would be the reason versus like doing a provincial registration and maybe extra provincial to another province? What would be that requirement or that that need or interest? Because sometimes our clients ask us that. Yeah. Federal Corporation Canada, the nice thing is you got nice uh, name protection across the country. Uh, so that's a that's a big one. They have a modern registry that easily to easy to manage. The fee are amongst the lowest, uh, like mm-hmm. animal maintenance, for example, is a quarter of what the cost is for Alberta. Wow. Uh, um, and similar to what it is, like a, a quarter of what it is in BC and Ontario as well. So okay. it's it's very accessible, very modern uh, registry. Uh, the downside is you don't have a lot of information on the corporate registry, the federal corporate registry. It's limited. Um, now in in Ontario, like a federally uh, federal corporation, were quite popular in recent years because. Ontario was kind of in a, in a difficult rollout of its registry. So a lot of, of lawyers and a lot of people were incorporated federally uh, instead of Ontario. The downside of, of federal companies, you need to extra-provincially register. So if you're a U.S. company, for example, yeah. a Delaware company operating in Canada, you need to extra-provincially register where you, in the province where you're carrying on business. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a federal corporation, it's the same thing. So you got to extra-provincially register. So that often adds to the cost. the cost. So if we think about incorporating an Alberta company, the disbursements are approximately uh, $275. If you incorporate a federal company, it's $200, but then you got to pay another $275 on top. So you, you, you're more than double just because of um, uh, of the cost there. So, you, you know, there's these distinctions there, but mm-hmm. I think most people really like the federal registry because it was more modern in a world where most provinces, the registries are not very modern. They're, it's not very easy to file annual returns and do your compliance. So tell uh, me what you mean by modern. Is it the technology 
usability it's ac accessible yeah. online yeah. uh it's accessible you don't need to be certified for example in alberta to file with a corporate registry you need to be a certified with the corporate registry and register with cores yeah uh, in federal registry you don't need to do this you create an, a user uh user profile and then you can get started uh immediately uh you don't need to be okay. a lawyer you don't need to be a paralegal uh you have no such requirements Okay. uh so so that was one i think one of the advantage mm -hmm. um i think they've you know they're continuing to innovate but i think they've sort of left um left their foot off the gas a little bit in, in the last two or three years uh sadly because i think you know the world of corporation in canada is is pretty archaic like if you look at all the registry the technology that is deployed deployed to help businesses manage their their operations Mm -hmm. It's it's not like super modern, uh, but federal companies were doing really well. Now we're seeing a little bit of a, a slowing on the pace of innovation there. So okay, okay. Well, it'll be interesting to see you know how this unfolds. Do you um, after the incorporation part of Ingenio, like say for our clients, do you are you the could you be the address? Are you the yeah. agent? Do you do the whole thing? Yeah, so for that, depending so on like, what oh, province. So, for example, in Alberta, we offer that service. Okay. Uh, uh, if we have an office or if we have a location elsewhere, uh, like we're looking at, at this right now, but uh, we can offer that service in other provinces as well. So, okay. um, so that's one thing. The other thing to keep in mind, too, is the turnaround time. And you and I have talked about this before. Mm. Um, so, you know, Federal Corporation, Alberta Corporation, Ontario Corporation, they all have uh, you need to do an, a name search. If it's a name yeah. company, you need to do a name search. And it's yeah, usually instant. So you know right away whether you have similar or comparable businesses with a similar name. Mm -hmm. um, what the problem is very often is with British Columbia is it's the time of the turnaround time. So if you do at a name search in British Columbia, it's it's $30. So it's not super expensive. But it, I, the last I was looking at it, I think they're now they're at 44 open business days if you do just a regular name search to give you oh an answer. God. If if you do an accelerated one, which now goes from 30 to $130, yeah. uh, they do it usually in, within three days. Uh, okay. So you get a response. Where if you incorporate federally, Ontario or Alberta, uh, you can do a name search and right away we will tell you yeah, it's available or not available. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, once it's approved, then we, we can file. Um, sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, um, for federal company, there's an, an examiner that looks at the name just to make sure before they finally approve. Mm -hmm. um, some other jurisdiction, there's none, but there's a, there could be a little bit of a delay there, but it's never more than 24, 48 hours uh, for these companies. So, mm -hmm. so if somebody is in a rush, and I would say <laughs> want to incorporate a company uh, very quickly, I'd say Alberta is a very good jurisdiction, very safe jurisdiction right now. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely yeah. encouraging everybody to come to Alberta. There's no way because <laughs> it's yeah. expensive in BC if you want to live as well and operate your business and taxes are different and all of that. But sometimes they still want the BC um, incorporation. And so what we've come up with with your help and your team is just the checklist. Like we've had to explain to clients to understand that you can't just choose ABC Corp. It's got to be descriptive. It's got to make it clear what they're doing and what the business is so it doesn't get confused with others. And so it's very different for some of the companies you work with because they don't have those requirements 
in India or China or, you know what I mean? And so we've had to really educate the client to understand why we're asking for three or four different name options to save time, to save your time and our time. Um, but so far it's been a wonderful, you know, partnership. I've really appreciated the expertise. Our clients think it's great. We get this electronic minute book. It looks fabulous. It's branded. Um, and so knowing now that you could be the representative in Alberta is something else that maybe we'll share with our clients. You don't have a VC address yet that you would use at this time. No, not yet, but that's, that's in the work right now. Okay. So that would be great. So yeah. where do you see Ingenio going? Like it's been four years and now you're launching next year. What could it be? Yeah. So one of the things we're looking at is um, not just to sell a software, to go a little bit deeper into the service that we're offering, automating mm -hmm. more of the services. Um, you know, we're looking at all the service. If you look in a traditional law firm that the work that is done by paralegal or lawyers that uh, people don't like or things that get missed uh, on yeah. the compliance side. So we're looking at all these things and say, OK, is there anything where we could, you know, is it an opportunity for us to add value uh, with modern technology? Um, mm -hmm. You know, an example, company pays dividend, but very often the communication between the lawyer is not always there between the lawyer and uh, and the accountants. Is mm -hmm. there a way where we can send a notification to the accountant saying all these dividends were paid this year, you got some tax filings to do or, um, because these things that when you, you look at it is very often they, they are for, forgotten, but um, they, they result in penalties for clients. And then it's always, you know, hard on the relationship between the accountant, the lawyer and, the clients to say, okay, who's going to pay the penalty now? Sometimes it's mm -hmm. just smaller penalty, but you know, there are other situations, for example, where penalties are seven or eight thousand dollars for the for the emission. Uh, so we're trying to create an environment where we miss uh less and less of these filings. And it doesn't require a lot of people to keep track of it. Mm -hmm. Uh so so we're we're really focusing on that uh and making the information more available to to the clients. So Okay. And so like when you do minute book storage, like it used to be, you needed all this space. So now that you're using it and you're doing it all electronically, that's certainly, you don't need that, the level of space, you don't need the storage, you don't need, so it's all online. Everything is electric. Um, all online. Electronic? Yeah. Okay. All online. And then it gets automatically updated. So that's the beauty of our software. Mm. So every time you do a new transaction and you complete that transaction, the minute books get automatically updated. Wow. Clients can download if they want, they can download the minute book at any time. So if, you know, you do a transaction today and tomorrow uh, they need to go see the bank for something, they can just uh, log in, um, download the minute books, the most recent version of the minute books and go to the bank. And then that's simple as that. Because in the past, like it, back in my old days, what we would do is we would do all this work, but very often, you, you know, you've done the work, you've built a clients and, and very often the updating of the minute book is you know, you put it aside, you wait until, you know, when things are a bit slow, but things mm -hmm. never really get slow. They never get slow. Uh, yeah. They never get right. updated. Things get forgotten <laughs> yeah. uh, or get missed. And then what typically happens is you, you have an audit from the tax authority or something. And then there is a bit of a frenzy in the, the few days before the audit to get everything into the minute book that was signed before. So people are digging through their files, trying to find resolutions and documents oh uh, and updating. So we're trying really to create a bit of a, a good habit of having everything in a centralized place. Okay. So does Ingenio connect and work with your kind of legal practice? Like, so does your, whether, you know, for instance, if we have a client that works 
with Ingenio Incorporates and they need tax support, corporate, you would do all that from a legal services as well. So there's like yeah, the help with the, the C versus, okay. yeah. It's two separate entities for regulatory yeah. reasons, but we work closely like for, for the legal services and everything. The way we're using our practice, we're we're using it to test the software. So our goal is not to send software to law firms until it's been tested and then it works well. And then mm -hmm. we've, you know, excuse the expression, but we flush all the bugs. Yeah. Um, in the world of technical software, like software for law, very often you you get a subscription, but then you're just like, oh, there's all these bugs or this thing, or you you, you constantly try to find workarounds. Mm -hmm. So the nice thing with this is we're doing tests, like live tests. Yeah, um, on your own practice. <laughs> in our own practice. Um, so so we, yeah, so we're, we, we know exactly. So we try to fix all of the bugs. And I mean, there, there will always be little things, but uh, we try to fix everything that is major before uh, clients start using it. So. How has AI impacted this whole process? I mean, ChatGPT is everywhere. Is there any artificial intelligence components of of your programming? Yeah. So for for us, it's essentially building the record. So when we started this project, we looked around and said, okay, how do we get the data into our system? If you have an existing company that's been around for ten years, how do you get everything inside mm -hmm. uh, the software? So we were trying to to, to look and in some some software solutions out there, they do a transfer of data from another software that the clients were using. But we over the years we realized that the data was very um, there's a lot of errors or omissions and things missing. So we thought like the, our concern was garbage in, garbage out. So if yeah. you get all this bad data into your software, so we've really built around um, you know getting better, more accurate data. So we use AI yeah. more in to how how do we extract data out of documents to say for example this form we need all this information that is in in in, in this corporate form so clients mm -hmm. scan the documents or, or system goes in and, and capture data points uh we still and we will have for a while people still reviewing it but yeah. they don't have to do the you know the, the manual part of it so we're really trying to automate as much as possible uh into this and the hope is that you know in a few years from now we'll all be going to be working from an electronic record that is uh more and more accurate and yeah and that's great like we're, we're trying one of the things we're trying to do is to um you know what used to be in a binder and not very useful for clients we think we can uh put it in a digital world and uh turn it into something that is useful for clients and clients see value in what the information that is in there because the information is accurate uh, yeah. and it's done on time and it's not a burden for anyone. And it's not a burden. I love it. I mean, I love talking to lawyers who recognize that um, technology is a value add. Technology makes us better lawyers. You know, we, we need to embrace it as opposed to like, oh, I don't want to go into that cloud-based world or using technology um, in a way that's going to, it's not going to replace lawyers ever, but it allows yeah. us to focus on quality work and the real thinking and analysis and things that, you know, that people to people connection. So I just feel it's fabulous that you've embraced it and I'm excited to see how it grows and develops. And um, we're really grateful for the opportunity to continue working with Ingenio. Um, so I wanted just to say, is there anything else you want to share, JP, about your practice, about Ingenio, um, how people can find you? 
Yeah. So uh, we're in the process of launching a brand new website, but uh, right. they can email me directly, jkutcher at ingenio.ca. Okay. Uh, you know, and if it's just other fellow innovator or clients who have questions, always happy to take the time to sit down with people and, and talk about innovation. Like, I, like you said, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, as lawyers, as a profession, we, you know, innovation is a collective responsibility. We need to all do this. Uh, we, we need more innovator like you and, and uh, we, we need, you know, we all need to work, to work towards that. Like, I think it's, it's in the end, it's the clients that get the benefit from it. Absolutely. I agree. This is certainly going to benefit a lot of clients. So I want to thank you so much for joining me on my podcast, JP. It's been a pleasure and uh, continued success with Ingenio and your practice. Take care. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's it for the show today. Thank you to everyone who tuned in. Please share this episode and any others you feel that would help someone looking to make that move to Canada or the United States for work or for family. It would be so great if you could write a review in Spotify to let others know about our show. Please give us a five-star rating. If you have any questions, please reach us at akalaw.com. That's A-C-K-A-H-L-A-W.com. Or call our main office in Calgary at 403-452-9515. Have a great day. Thank you. We look forward to helping you cross borders seamlessly.